Welcome. I'm happy to be here on this virtual summit and to share you some of my experiences with living on prana, what that brought me, why I did it, and also how I have the possibility now to switch on and off whenever I choose so. Especially now we're living in quite interesting times of this pandemic all over the world, creating new kinds of situations that we've never seen before. Allow me to introduce myself for a short moment. My name is Roy Martina. I'm a doctor in holistic medicine, a medical doctor, and I've been practicing medicine for 42 years, more or less. I'm 66 right now. And in those 40 plus years, I've studied health, vitality, how the body deals with stress, toxins, lifestyle, meditation, and it helped cure many chronic diseases, thousands and thousands of people. The last 20 years I focused on teaching and teaching what I've learned from my research to doctors, therapists, coaches, anyone who wants to get more out of life, also lay people. I'm also a coach and I'm studying what's called the quantum science, how this applies to our daily lives and how we can use this quantum, these quantum concepts in our daily lives. And my goal is to go away from what we consider spirituality and going more to quantum science. And let me explain why. You see, science unites. Religion and spirituality divides people, they separate people. Because we will get always a discussions about what's true and what's not true. But when you base your personal growth and development on the laws of the quantum science, it is almost the same as spirituality, but it's more founded in certain principles. And we can understand more of the things that are happening. Like I will talk also uh, about the picture that you can see in the background here. This is me in the jungle in the Amazon. And I'll talk about this experience that has only been possible because I have been living on, call it quantum energy, light, prana, uh, Britarian, whatever you want to call it. I've done, many, many years ago, I've done the first time switching from being a human being nurtured by, you know, normal things like everybody else to totally off food and off drinking. And this was after I met Yasmoin many, many years ago. And I did it for six months. The reason I stopped, there were several reasons why I stopped. The first reason was that I became oversensitive. I was getting so much information from what I consider now the quantum field, and I did not know how to handle that information. I was being totally overwhelmed by that information. And when I teach for a group of people, I would be bombarded with like having different radios on. You just imagine everyone who was in the room, I could tune into that person and know everything I want to know about them. But this stream of information was bombarding me all the time. 
And I didn't know how to handle that. So after this experience, I started on a journey to discover who I am as a human being and why is it possible to break a paradigm of medicine to, because in, in medicine, it is impossible what I was doing and I experienced it and I knew I was not lying. So I started to study these phenomena. And, but I was not living on light for over 15 years, 15 years, maybe longer, 15 to 18 years. And I was teaching all over the world and a clairvoyant, a channeler, uh, who I trust a lot. She was totally connected to the field and every time we consulted her, we got very valuable, actionable information that really helped us change her life. And in a conversation, she once said, this was in 2018, end of 2018, she said, Roy, you're not in your full power. For the mission you've chosen for this life, you are not in the power that you need to be. And you have three choices. Choice number one, you can get sick and then make time to connect. Two, you can get an accident and then you have time to connect. Or you can choose to live in solitude for one year and meditate for one year. I was shocked. And none of these three options were options I could live with. So I asked her the question, what if I would switch over to live on light and not eat and not drink anymore? Would that be enough for me to be connected to the field of information that's gonna guide me to that future? That's the one that I've chosen on this experience of life. And the answer was yes. So in May, 2019, I had four weeks and I started off from day one to totally switch off of water, liquids, food, anything. And I went deep in and meditated probably around 12 hours a day, meditation, praying and visualizing. And I was visualizing my body absorbing energy. I call it quantum energy. And I saw this in the visuals as rainbow colors coming in through my skin and that my whole body became a cloud of energy and was expanding, expanding and contracting, expanding and contracting. So the energy was not necessarily coming from outside. I was the energy that was expanding and contracting, sending out rainbows, absorbing rainbows, millions and millions of rainbow laser-like lights through my skin. And that was my main focus. And the reason I was doing that is because I read, at a, not read, I saw something on YouTube about um, monks who were developing this body, they call them rainbow bodies. And when they die, the body shrinks and mummified and does not, uh, let's say, follow the normal rules of de decay. So I started using the rainbow energy and that was really, really a big change. And I could also visualize my body absorbing and, uh, water and liquid, vitamins, everything it needed 
through that movement. So I've done this for a full month and then I was completely switched over to living on prana. And so in 2019, that changed my life. I started a new course on, on my path because now I was connected to the future where I'm making the biggest difference. So what I want to explain to you is that the future, there's not one future you can choose. There are infinite different futures possible. Depending on the choices you make in life, you are going to another life, we call it timeline, and all these timelines are happening at the same time. So the moment you decide you want to live from prana or call it quantum energy or light or be a Britarian, and you start doing that process, you are jumping from one timeline to another timeline with a different future and a different outcome. So I'm now in the timeline where I'm going to be the happiest, the most fulfilled, the most loving, the most kind. But most importantly, I'm now on the timeline of the mission I came to do on this planet to make the biggest impact possible. And it's just begun since I shift over. Right now, I've been doing this for one year. And right now, I'm not as strict anymore, especially not in COVID-19 with a family. We have a daughter of 10 years old, and I don't want her to see me as a role model by not eating. So I'm eating, I'm snacking a little bit for family reasons. And then once in a while, I choose to go one week, two weeks completely off food. When I teach workshops, I don't eat, I don't drink. And I found this hybrid form where I have a family life and where I can be completely connected to the quantum field. And then I get the information that I need in order to do what I need to do. So since I started this, I have gotten so many new information, so many new things that I had, didn't have before. I can scan people in ways I couldn't be before, do before. I know things I couldn't know before. So my whole life has changed. And I want to shortly say, we need to make a distinguish between fasting and living on prana. And first, let's look at living on prana. You have to live on prana, you have basically three choices. Choice number one is what I call strict, pure, Britarian. You are completely getting all you need, all your vitamins, all your liquids from the quantum field. I've done this for a long time. Then you have the second uh, one is where some people use just liquids. A lot of Britarians do not eat, but they drink some water or tea, whatever they choose. And then you have the third, I call it the hybrid form, where people eat a little bit, drink a little bit, but most of the energy comes from the quantum energy. Fasting is a way to connect also to the field by purifying your body, by de disconnecting from food and maybe focusing on water or juice or whatever you choose. But I see fasting more like a cleansing process. And because you are disconnecting from nurturing your body it's easy for you to connect and it becomes a spiritual experience living from prana is a pure spiritual experience it is not about detoxing that happens but it's about connecting about trusting and it's a five-dimensional experience where fasting is still a three-dimensional 
experience. So if you look at the seven chakras, fasting deals mainly with the first four chakras. And when we look at living from prana, we are coming from the other side. We're coming from up, down. And fasting, you come from down, up. So you come from the material world. And after you pass the fourth chakra, you go into the spiritual world. In living on prana, you're coming from the spiritual world and you bring it down in the material world. It's, it's kind of similar, but totally different. So for pranic living, pranic nourishment, you need trust and belief. You need to believe it's possible because if you do it on ego, if you do it on willpower, it could be even dangerous. So if you force, try to force yourself, it could be very, very dangerous. So it has to be a surrendering to a higher power, a higher uh, knowing. And it is bypassing a part of your brain, which we call the reptilian brain. The reptilian brain is the oldest part of our brain that is based purely on survival. So when we are in the reptilian brain, like in the COVID-19, a lot of people are in fear, a lot of people are panicking, and people become very suggestible to the information of the authorities, from the media, from the people with double agenda and all those things. When you are not in the reptilian brain, you overcome your fear of dying and you're surrendering to a higher force, those things don't really touch you because you can see through it. You can see the true meaning of what's going on, depending on what you need to know because there's never one only truth is not there not only one agenda the let's say not life the universe is so multi-layered there's so many things happening at the same time there are many agendas being happening at the same time one agenda you could see as the agenda of darkness i call it the dark forces even though that's a kind of yeah silly name but let's call it the forces with not the purest intention and you have the agendas of the forces with pure intention and in the, in the gen of both you have different layers of intelligence different layers of power and different ways of doing things so it's a very complex uh, universe and that's for that reason there's never one agenda only to deal with there's never one meaning because there can be millions of meanings for millions of different people and there could be collective meanings depending on the group you belong to. So if you are, let's say, an angelic worker, it may be time for you to come and support others. If you are more a warrior type, it might be the time to come up and lead to battle. If you're a strategist, it might be a different way. So there's so many different things happening at the same time that it's not easy to find just one meaning. And I can see many of these agendas being played at the same time. So that's a great advantage of having this connection. And even if I'm not 100% living on prana all the time, my connection is very, very strong. I have information available to me at any moment I want to. My, what I call my quantum self is talking to me. My spirit self is talking to me and I get precise information for what actions I need to take. So it's a great place to be. If we look at the purpose of life, my definition, and it's just my, for me, is to transcend the being of human, the attachment 
to the material world, to believe that the three-dimensional world is the most important one. We need to transcend. We need to, uh, how, how can I say this in the best way? We need to find our true self, our divine self, our five-dimensional self, not a three-dimensional self. When we believe that this body and this intelligence that I have, the experience I have is everything, then I am stuck in the three-dimensional box. The moment I free myself from the three-dimensional box, then is when I enter into the quantum field of all information. And then I am a being of light. I am a being that has an intelligence much greater than I've ever mastered in this life. And when I allow that, what I know from this life, not to be the governing force, it is not my, my guiding force, it's not the truth I'm following, but I allow myself to be guided by higher forces, then everything is possible. Because now I can live a life with grace, ease, and joy. I don't need to struggle. Because struggle comes from willpower. Struggle comes from, let's say, our programming that we've received, what is true and what's not true, what we believe success is, what we believe love is, what we believe life should be all about. That's where we struggle. When we surrender, we give up the right of free will and we surrender to a higher will. This sounds religious, but I, I don't see it that way because that higher will is still me. I don't see that higher will as being the divine will. I see that higher will as coming from the divine me, the part of me that has a higher knowing, the part of me that I will return to after I leave this body. So that's the purpose of life for me, to become the best version of me possible in this body and to make the biggest impact and difference I can make and coming from love, coming from respect and enjoying life the best I can. Learning, the intent of life is to learn, but learning can be hard and learning can be with grace, ease and joy. And you have a choice in those two. So when you're surrendering to the higher knowing of yourself, then you're not forcing anymore. Most people force themselves through life. They have goals, they run after these goals, they sacrifice their relationships, their health. Yes, their vitality to achieve those goals. And when there is resistance, when there is struggle, you need to get out of the box and reconnect and discover what you don't know, discover your blind spots, and then learning becomes totally different. Also, I would like to give my opinion on COVID-19. First of all, I believe the proof, the scientific proof is solid enough that we can say this is a man-made virus, one. And the question then is, if it's a man-made virus, is it released intentionally? Was it an accident? That I don't know. I cannot say that with certainty. The only thing I know as a holistic doctor, this virus is not a normal virus. It doesn't behave like a normal virus, even though it has a lot of 80% it's a SARS coronavirus type of virus, but there are a few new things to it. There are new elements in it that are actually, and this is interesting, actually attacking people with high environmental pollution. This is interesting of this virus. 
that's not normal for virus. High in what we call a high toxic load can influence us, can influence our immune system. But it's like this virus specifically attacks people with high toxic load and with a sugar problem like diabetes or insulin resistance. Quite interesting. As I said before, the intention of this virus might not be what you think it is because in the quantum universe, nothing happens by accident. Some things happen by coincidence, we may believe, but there's always a purpose for whatever is happening. Even if the intention of the release of this virus was coming from uh, lower energy form, what I normally call a dark energy, people with low, low heart energy, low love frequency, who are more into reptilian brain. I call these the reptilian, uh, what's a good name? Reptilians, I call them. And in the sense that they come from the reptilian brain where in the reptilian brain, it's about power, greed, attachment, and control. So a lot of powerful people have a reptilian brain that's dominant, not all. Some of them are very, very serving to humanity and to, to our planet, but some of them are self-serving. And this, this virus comes from a self-serving group, whatever that is. So at the same time, it serves the light. The darkness always is a servant of the light, even though the darkness might be ignorant that it's serving the light. So it attacks the weak, sick, and polluted people. So it's, it's doing that, that we know. And some other people also are being, uh, who are not fitting the profile may get sick and take it. That could be of certain pollution that they have. I have not the data yet to say what it is. But let's look, let's, let me tell you what I think it is or what information I got. Number one, it's a wake up call. A wake up call to take care of yourself. It's a wake-up call to do what you've been postponing to do. If you were thinking of living on prana, if that's been calling you, and you've been postponing that with all kinds of excuses, with fear, whatever you've been doing that, it's a wake-up call to no longer postpone that what you know you should be doing. So that's one thing, I believe. The second reason is to see the power of the reptilians. And with reptilians, I mean the group of power that will not rest under any circumstances until they control the whole planet. I don't believe in, in conspiracy theory, in conspiracy theories. What I do know as a fact that a lot of the most powerful people on this planet want more power because they're reptilians. They, they're reptilian dominant. That's just what reptilians do. They're living the rules of the reptilian brain, and the reptilian brain is about a victor and a victim. So if you're more powerful, the law of the jungle is, you take possession of the weak. You make them slaves, you abuse them, and you take away their powers. And that's what's happening. The rich get richer because they abuse 
people by not paying them what they deserve to be paid. So it isn't a disbalance. And a lot of these people are completely reptilians. They are truly only thinking of themselves. That's reptilian rule. And it's about more power, always more, more, more. And that's also the destruction of this planet. I call it a cannibalistic capitalism. That's what's happening right now. Three, this is a test to see when this is over, if you go back to sleep. So if you think when it's over, either we all are vaccinated, which I will fight with my life, and things come back to normal, and you believe it's over, then this warning was not good enough, because it's just the beginning. I'm going to predict to you the worst is still to come. This is the first big revolution that came to the surface, where a lot of information came to the surface. The question is, are you going back to sleep? And five for me, this gives the opportunity to unite in love, to, to create a grid all over this planet for us to take care of each other. Because more people are dying from starvation due to the lockdown than people are dying from the COVID-19. The political actions that were based on fear and reptilian rules from the World Health Organization, which is a reptilian dominated organization, in my opinion, which is sponsored by other reptilians. Uh, and when I talk about reptilians, I'm talking about people who are serving themselves. They're serving when their egos, their, their, their thirst for power. And yes, they, they have quite, I wouldn't say they come from love. So we need to be the opposite. We need to unite in love. We need to take care of our brothers and sisters who have not the opportunity to take care of themselves. So I work with an organization where we give donations whenever we do a workshop to an organization in India where a lot of people are dying because they have no way to earn money in a lockdown. I come from an island, Aruba. 90% of the income, uh, the GDP of Aruba is from tourism. The island is completely economically destroyed. A lot of people are going hungry there. So you can say 90% of the people have no job right now because a lot of them work in the tourist industry. So we need to take care of our brothers and sisters. My advice is the following about living on prana. Number one, each one of us have two codes of DNA. One DNA code is the human code which has secret codes in it that we can unlock. And some people spend all of their lives training to unlock these codes. For example, there are yogi masters who can go in a state, a low state of metabolism where they appear to be dead. They can be buried for two weeks and come out fully alive. And those two weeks, they barely had any oxygen. All of us have these, these secret codes in our DNA. We have secret codes for telepathy, secret codes for telekinesis. We have secret codes for remote viewing, astral traveling. All of that is also in our DNA. Those are the codes we can unlock. And we have the code to unlock the transmutation DNA. Transmutation DNA is where we can take the electromagnetic energy around us or the quantum energy and transmutate it into calories, energies, proteins, sugars, vitamins, minerals, all that the body needs. We have this in, 
in us. So we can unlock this. I would advise you, if you want to do this, to start first with the process of surrendering in believing that there is no death possible, that you cannot die, you can leave your body, and that's just a process. But you want to surrender to that spirit, to that divine energy, to that quantum field that is, can nurture you and do miracles happen. You, start to, you can do that by meditation, by mantras. I was meditating daily to absorb energy out of the field. I was meditating daily to connect with my higher knowledge. I was meditating daily to connect with other intelligence around us. I would advise you to start three months before you actually stop eating or drinking with visualization. Some people will do the drinking, that's a choice. I, I myself prefer to go cold turkey because that will bring you quickly to the state where you have to make a choice. Within four days, you need to surrender totally. And within seven to 10 days, you'll be, you cross the bridge to nurture your body on prana. So start visualization at least three months before and work on your fears, work on the blocks, work on your brains, work on your reptilian brain. You want to overcome your reptilian brain and activate the part of your brain, the pineal gland, where you are connected with the universe. So when you, you look at your chakras, you want to connect to your crown chakra and bring the light in from the crown chakra, allow this to go through your body, all the way into the earth, and then allow the earth to give you back healing energy and bring that into the universe and back. With each breath in, I bring in energy from the universe through my body and when I breathe out, I push it out to the earth. When I breathe in, I bring it again from the earth and I let it go up. And, and that's a really nice exercise to do. So I've done that and I would advise you to do the same. All right. I would like to tell you a wonderful experience about the picture you can see behind me. At some moment, in my month of passing over to living on light, I was called by what I can call, what I can, I call it now, the spirit of the Amazon. The Amazon reached out to me and wanted to call me and said, we need you, okay? I didn't understand at the time and then the voice also said, we want to give you a blessing that you can give the world so we can receive the world's blessing. That was a very profound message. And when I came out in June, my first workshop I was teaching, there was a woman in the workshop who was a shaman from the Amazon. She came all the way from South America to come to see me, she was sent. And in the break was talking to me. I was talking, yeah, we were talking and she said, the Amazon is calling you. And I was shocked that she knew that and said, you have to come because we need to prepare you with rituals 
for you to connect with the spirits of the Amazon. So that happened in June 2019 and by February 2020, so this year, I went to the Amazon. That was the first time I had a month off, so I went to the Amazon and it was initiated there in seven ritual and it was really, really amazing. I was dressed up like you can see in the back. They, they painted my, my head with colors and I had to wear certain traditional native Indian garments. And then they would pray for me, dance and sing. And then spirits would take over my body. It was not one spirit, it was a whole collective spirit would take over my body. I first had uh, some native collective of South American Indians, diff different kinds. Also black people living in the jungle, then the jungle spirits, the spirit of the black panther, and, and so on and so on. And after this initiation of seven days where I was totally 100% not eating or drinking, I was taken over by a black panther energy and I run into the jungle and in the jungle, I found, I would say a, a kind of, I don't know what you call it, a vine, something growing in trees. And a voice said through my vocal cords, this is the cure for diabetes. Okay. And I found some more ingredients. I did not look for anything. It is the spirit working through me that found these things. Now we have prepared the first batch of remedies. I've tested on myself. It's incredible what it can do. And um, this month we can, we're going to start testing it with volunteers. And we will know probably in the next couple of months what this can do. And as soon as the lockdown is over, I will have to go back for getting more ingredients to make more. And they told me that with 12 combination of herbs coming from the Amazon, 90% of all Western diseases can be cured. I don't know if it's true or not. I'm still in the middle of this experience. And I'm very happy to have this experience because I truly believe that my mission is to bring these blessings from the Amazon to the world. If that is true, you will hear more of that. The second thing is my other thing I want to share with you, not second thing, but the other thing I want to share with you is my vision for the future. It will get worse. I'm not, I'm not a doom stinker or uh, whatever that, but in my vision, I saw this as the first warning. And the reason we all need to prepare by taking care of ourselves is that more darkness will come first before the light can take over and we're not ready. You have to train yourself to tune into the quantum universe, to find your own experience, your own truth, and to find that future where you will make the biggest impact on this planet. And you can do that with living on prana, without living on prana. I believe living on prana is a faster way. My thoughts about uh, life and death. Now, I don't believe in death at all. I'm not afraid of that. I'm not afraid of dying, which doesn't mean I want to die because I got a big mission. When my mission is done, 
maybe I'll take a vacation, a break, I don't know. When my time comes, when spirit calls me, I will go. I will happily go because I know I'm going to a great place where I belong, where we're all from, where we're truly brothers and sisters and we remember who we truly are. For me, I had two near-death experiences and I've been on the other side. Also with, uh, in the prana, I had asshole traveling to the other side. I traveled to the future. I've traveled to the past. So I know there's more in the quantum field than we can ever know as human beings. Our body limits us in perceiving all that is, but what we do know, there is much more than each one of us can perceive or know separately. There's so many dimensions, so many uh, timelines, so many things happening all at the same time uh, that you have no idea what's possible. And my wife, I helped her to train to become a channeler so I can talk with any intelligence in the universe. She just closed her eyes, goes into a calm state of her mind, and through her, our intelligence can speak. So we've done a lot of research there, and we've learned a lot since, since we've been together for the last nine years. It has changed our life, our direction, and our mission. What I want to say about suffering is you have different types of suffering. You have suffering through ignorance. You have suffering through karma, the wrong choices, which often are linked together. But karma can also be from other times. It could be an intention for us to come and learn a kind of suffering so we will no longer cause this type of suffering to others. I call this karmic learning. So for example, if you've been abused, Maybe the reason you have chosen to be abused, because it's always a choice, not a conscious choice, but a higher choice, is that you maybe have abused others, not maybe in this lifetime, maybe another lifetime. And you've chosen this life to feel what it is to be abused. So now you have the experience, and in your consciousness now you know both sides. We come to experience all sides of being human. So some suffering is experience for the spirit or our soul. Some suffering is for us to wake up, to do things in a different way. And some suffering is self-inflicted by not having the knowledge, not learning what we need to learn. So there could be several reasons for suffering. But in the end, suffering always served a purpose, is to make us stronger and for us not to stay stuck as victims, but to be creative and get out of the suffering. And when we talk about being creative, we're talking about connection with the creative field and it's the quantum field. Okay, my belief system is that there is a future where I'm making the biggest difference I can make. And where I'm the most loving, where I'm living life with the most grace, ease and joy. And I believe that with all of my soul and my intention is to become that best version of myself to not stop working on myself not stop believing until that happens until i am in that future where i'm making this impact on my world i may not say it's going to be the whole planet i don't know it's not about that it's not about i'm the savior of the planet it's about my world the world i live in and as mahatma gandhi said my heart burns, no, sorry, my love burns hot. 
But if there's still suffering in my world, my love does not burn hot enough. And I totally agree with Gandhi. And I want to end with that and ask you the question, how hot does your love burn? And what can you do with that power of passion and compassion and love in your heart? And what difference can you make? I wish you well. I wish you safety. I wish you peace. I wish all of us to come out of these times of crisis stronger, wiser, and more awake. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to spend time with you. And I hope we will meet again in this timeline or in another timeline. Thank you.